Hello, you're listening to the Sound on Sound People and Music Industry podcast with me, Sam Ingalls. In this series of episodes, I'm talking to some of the engineers and producers who are nominated at the 2023 MPG Awards. And this morning, I'm very delighted to be joined by Francine Perry. Hello, Francine. Hello, thanks for having me. Hey, it's an absolute pleasure and congratulations on the nomination. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it feels great. So you're nominated as Rising Star, which I guess is a category for people who are in the relatively early stages of their career. But it seems like you still you already have a pretty substantial body of work behind you. Yeah, thank you. Um, I have. Yeah, I've been in the industry for a few years. I guess it's also to do with I do quite a few different things, which I think come under the Rising Star category pretty well. Like I do mixing, I do engineering and production and now live sound stuff as well. So there's not really a different category that fits all of that as well, apart from the sort of big like mix engineer of the year awards, which I'm definitely not ready for yet. So tell us a little bit about your career so far. How did you get involved in the music business? So I started out playing drums um, when I was eight. So I've been yeah playing drums since then um, and just sort of, yeah, played a bunch of different instruments as I was growing up, got into bands. Um, and then I went on to study at Goldsmiths Uni. There's a pop music course there. So I did that for my undergrad, um, which really got me into doing a bit more production sort of things and sort of, yeah, working with other people as well, sort of on, on my productions and actually showing my work to other people, which was something I hadn't really done so much in the past. And then when I left Goldsmiths, I had sort of put out a few um, EPs by myself, like under my own name. But I think I kind of realised I needed to, I was sort of quite good at the technical side of things. So I decided to go into that side of things because I think I didn't feel like I had, um, I was about to kind of get a job as a musician at that point. So I was like, okay, I've taken a bit to like recording and things like that. Let's try and go into that side of things. Um, and I got a job as an assistant at Goldsmiths Music Studios, which is linked to the uni. So that was under Miko Gordon, who's an amazing engineer. He's actually up for the Engineer Award at the MPGs as well. Yeah, and sort of started engineering, um, also mixing, you know, my friend's work and stuff like that. And went on from there, really. But you're also an artist in your own right. Yeah, so I put out music under the name Lilith, um, and I also have a duo project called Orca. So yeah, I, I try and do both. It, it can be hard to find time to do both, but um, yeah, I, I do. I do think it's an important part of what I do is kind of writing my own music as well, and I think that helps me when it comes to understanding artists in the studio. I think it helps that I've kind of been on both sides. And it seems like you have a fairly strong kind of electronic bent to your production than your skill set yeah that's something that's happened I guess in the past five or six years I've gotten really into electronic music um but as I said it started more with with drums and more rocky or folky music but um but yeah it's something I'm really into um in my you know personal life so it's definitely something that's coming into the sort of people I work with as well so you big into analog synths then or do you do everything on a laptop uh, a bit of both. I love analog synths. Um, I love modular as well. I was very fortunate to spend three years working at Mute, um, the record label, 
Um, so I was the head engineer within the record label and they had this amazing sort of small mix room downstairs in the label, but it had an amazing amount of old school analog synths and this um, Roland 100M kind of modular setup and um, mini Moog and, you know, all, all the kind of classics. So, yeah, that was amazing just to spend three years kind of working there and recording those. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of people's dream gig. So what, what sort of projects did you work on while you were there? Lots of stuff um, with the with the label. So I was lucky enough to mix a couple of Erasure tracks while I worked there. Um, I worked with artists like Simon Fisher-Turner, uh, Visionist, um, he's also known as Louis Carnell, and Hi, who I now sort of met otherwise, but um, I now share a studio with the artist DJ called Hi. Um, so yeah, yeah, a bunch of really great artists I was able to work with. And it's interesting that you use the word artist because it seems to me like what you do kind of almost consciously blurs the boundaries between art and music. Is that fair to say? I'd, I'd love to think that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's very kind of you to say. Um, perhaps, yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about, I mean, have you been nominated for specific projects at these awards? And if so, what, what are they? So I think I've put down um, the high Baby We're Ascending record that I worked on, which is an incredible record. So yeah, I, I engineered that. I did some additional production and I mixed half of the record alongside Martis Logney, who mixed the other half. So yeah, it's that one, um, the Beth Orton record that's come out now. And it's also really, really amazing. It's fantastic to work on. Um, so it's engineering that. And I think, the, yeah, I think the Erasure tracks as well. Oh, cool. Well, that's a pretty wide variety of stuff then. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, Beth Autumn, obviously, like one of the great voices of our time. That must have been quite a privilege to, to work with Beth. Such a privilege. Yeah, I feel I've been working with Beth for, I think, four or five years now. Um, and I feel very privileged just to kind of have been there early on when the songs were in their early phases you know we would do a lot of sessions just me and her when she's working through stuff and just being in the room with her singing and playing it's just it's yeah it's been one of the most amazing voices I've ever heard to be honest and and, and ever had the chance of recording so um so yeah that was incredible to work with her and she brought on a lot of amazing musicians like Tom Skinner and Tom Herbert um and yet many more across that record. So it was this huge kind of collaborative thing and it was amazing, yeah. So does that draw together both the sort of roots music and the electronic music sides of your your musical personality, as it were? It actually does, yeah. <laughs> I think luckily it, re it really did. Um, I, I mean, I really love her, her music anyway and it does speak to kind of my the folky side of me, but she does have this electronic side as well. Um, and I was actually lucky enough, she asked me to play some synths on that record too. So I sort of got to put my synth hat on and, you know, come out here with that as well. So, um, yeah, I think her music really speaks to me on many levels. So she's a great person to work with. That's something I'm finding with all the people that I've interviewed for this series is that they're all people who wear lots of hats. They have multiple skills. They're not just really old school engineers or pure musicians or pure producers. They're all capable of doing a lot of different things in the studio. Do you think that's 
kind of really important in this day and age? Yeah, I think it is. I don't know why necessarily, but I do I do feel like most people tend to have to wear a lot of different hats. And maybe because of the technology these days, you can wear a lot of different hats. Like, you know, we can all produce on our laptops and you can learn these different skills in a way a lot easier. So maybe it just makes sense in that sense. But it, it's definitely something I really enjoy being able to do different things on different days um I'm a bit ADHD so well, I am ADHD so I think that helps me as well um just kind of yeah having different kind of days for different things and I've just really recently I've been getting into doing some live stuff as well like musical directing both with Hi and with Romy as well so yeah so that's a whole new sort of newer hat that I've been putting on so so yeah no it's good I'm really glad that the industry allows for people to be kind of flexible in this way. Well, that is one of the great things about music. There are so many hats available if you're willing to put in the work to fit your head into them. Absolutely. I think this metaphor has possibly gone a bit too far now. But I did want to talk briefly about one of your other hats as well, though, because as well as being a musician and a producer and an engineer, you're also, I guess, what you might call an activist. And you've you've been quite a passionate campaigner for women in studios and in music production. Tell us a little bit about the Omni Collective. So myself and Naomi Jackson, who's an amazing live sound engineer, um, she currently works at the South Bank Centre. In 2016, we decided to set up Omni, which is a collective of women, non-binary and trans producers, engineers, mix engineers, live sound engineers, all of the technical sides of music, basically. And we run a lot of workshops, both within Goldsmiths University and elsewhere with different collaborations all by ourselves across the country kind of thing. Trying to get more people into the technical sides of music, trying to sort of break that barrier because we realised, well, in 2016, it was quite a while ago as well, there really weren't that many women, non-binary or trans producers, engineers and all of this. And I guess we also, both of us in our different fields, had a bit of a hard time coming into the industry because of that. You know, just like I would walk into a recording session and people would say, are you the singer? You know, and things like that. And just kind of constantly having to prove yourself in a way that I feel like my male counterparts weren't having to do. So, yeah, we set it up for that reason. And it's been going ever since. We've been running workshops ever since then. So, Well, it's amazing. And do you feel like it's beginning to bear fruit and that things are beginning to change? I really do. Yeah. And not just down to us at all. There's so many other groups who are doing amazing things and campaigning in the same way. And I really feel like there is definitely change happening, especially in London, which, you know, we're lucky to kind of sort of be living and working here. But I feel like the next step will probably be pushing out to other areas that aren't as privileged to have this kind of all of the stuff that we have in London. So. Yeah, and it's very noticeable looking at the nominations for the awards this year. There's really quite strong representation of women in most of the categories, which is brilliant to see. Yeah, it's definitely getting there. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a long way to go, but it's, it's getting there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning, Francine. It's been wonderful to meet you and best of luck in the awards. Uh, will I see you there on the night? Yeah, I'll be there. Yep, <laughs> it's my first oh. time going. So, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, have your speech ready, I hope. I'm, yeah. I don't know anything. I'm just cautioning you to be prepared. And um, yeah, thanks so much. Great to meet you. Thanks so much, Sam. Lovely to meet you too. Thank you for listening. 
And be sure to check out the show notes page for this episode, where you'll find further information along with web links and details of all the other episodes. Oh, and just before you go, let me point you to the soundonsound.com forward slash podcasts website page, where you can explore what's playing on our other channels. (laughs) 